0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tuesday Coaches Press Conference edition of Big Ten Live. I'm Rick Pizzo. Four coaches set to speak for you over the next 90 minutes. Of course, we will hear plenty from James Franklin and Ryan Day as those head coaches get their team set for their respective matchup. Coming up this weekend... At Beaver Stadium, we'll also hear from Michael Loxley. Maryland has a bye this weekend, but the Terps bowl eligible after the win over Northwestern. Locks has that team trending in the right direction. Mickey Joseph and company coming off a bye. They will be at home as Nebraska welcomes the red-hot Illini to Memorial Stadium. The first man we will hear from is the first man you see on your screen, Penn State head man James Franklin, addressing the media earlier today
2: as we take you to State College to listen in. So, like always, appreciate everybody coming out, uh, either here in person or online, uh, covering Penn State football. Appreciate that. Um, I want to start by uh, encouraging and thanking the fans from last week for how they showed up and supported. Um, I'd like to start by encouraging them to to do the same thing this week. It's going to be important that we have a significant home field advantage. I'd also like to send my thoughts uh, to the family of former PSU linebacker uh, Bonnie Beju. Um, obviously, that was that was uh, traumatic news to find out you know, that we lost that we lost Bonnie. And I send uh, on behalf of our entire football family and university uh, our thoughts and prayers. Um, kind of reviewing the previous game um, when you talk about. Kind of the stats that we talk about every single week, the turnover battle we were even the penalty battle we won, uh, and to me this this was significant. There was a bunch of this that I don't feel like it was talked about a whole lot, but Minnesota entered the game number one nationally in fewest penalties. Um, so winning that was was important, and again, that'd be another kind of opportunity to reinforce the impact that the fans had on the game especially when you're playing an offense that is designed to stay on schedule. Um, I think that had a major factor in the game. Uh, drive-start battle, we lost by one yard. Um, the sack battle, you know, we won that. The explosive play battle, our offense was at 22%. So we won that on offense. We missed our goal on defense. Um, and then specifics. Uh, Players at a game on offense, we had quarterback Sean Clifford. Clifford was also the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. (laughs) On defense, uh, winner was Curtis Jacobs, linebacker. On special teams, linebacker Dominic DeLuca. Um, The D-Squad Players of the Week, uh, Ben Hartman, offensive lineman, and then I know these are a lot of names, but our coaches really felt that our scout wide receivers really did a good job and prepared us. That's Jan Mollert, uh, Jason Estrella, Anthony Ivey, Jake Spencer, Mason Stahl, Tyler Johnson, Caden Saunders, Patrick Williams, and Robert Rossi all did a tremendous job. And I tried to talk them out of listing so many guys, but they felt strongly about it. Defensively, uh, Devon Townley and, uh, and Christian Driver. And then at, uh, on special teams, Jason Estrella. So that's kind of reviewing some of the game. The last few points I would say is I just was very pleased with the entire organization and how we responded, uh, players, staff, coaches. I thought P.J. Mustafer's leadership um, and vocal presence all week long in meetings and practice I think was really important, and I thought he made a huge impact. Uh, I thought we played fast and aggressive. You watched on tape. We were we were back to playing fast and aggressive. And then a couple other things, again, that I don't know uh, if this was covered much uh, with the media or not. But Minnesota's offense um, on third down was ranked number one nationally at 66%. Um, we held them to 15%, two of 13 that was huge. We talked about getting off the field um, on defense on third down and staying on the field on offense. And then Minnesota's defense was also ranked number one in the country nationally, holding holding other offenses to 22%. And we were 46% on the day. And then Dom DeLuca's uh, block punt was a big play. Just a few opportunities I mentioned for growth. Uh, Got to get rid of the pre-snap and post-snap penalties. We had two uh, pre-snap, a false start, and a defensive offside, so very similar penalties. And then we had an unsportsmanlike conduct post-whistle. Um, so they, those were the big things. And then probably the last thing is is we got to start fast on offense. That's in practice. That's in jog-throughs. And then, obviously, that that's in games. Um, you know, when you talk about Ohio State and Ryan Day, Obviously, a ton of respect uh, for what they've been able to do for a long time. They've been doing it for a long time at Ohio State. Um, but a ton of respect for them and, and what they do and how they go about their business. Um, offensive coordinator Ryan Day slash uh, Kevin Wilson. Um, obviously, they do a great job. Got a ton of weapons. Um, some people are saying their quarterback is leading You know, the Heisman. The Heisman uh, votes at this stage. Uh, but they're challenging not only through scheme, but also the weapons they have. The quarterback, CJ Stroud, wide receiver, Marvin Harrison, uh, the other wide receiver, Mecca Buku, we can mention a number of guys. Uh, running back, Tra- Travion Henderson, uh, Myan Williams, and then they got an offensive lineman, a number of offensive linemen, but the one guy that jumps out is Dewan Jones, who, who we recruited as well. He's six foot eight, three hundred and fifty nine pounds, and very light on his feet, which is which is kind of crazy to say. Uh, Defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, who who we know very well, Uh, Jim actually came and visited us here years ago. Uh, I think he was at Duke at the time. Um, Has done a really good job going in there and and being aggressive, Uh, going in there being aggressive uh, in terms of scheme, taking advantage of their personnel. Um, you look at Ronnie Hickman, who we recruited heavily out of New Jersey. Um, it seems like he's been playing there forever. Teron Vincent, um, who we know out of Baltimore. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, the linebacker. Uh, J.T. Uh, Tuyamola. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, if I did, if I didn't, I apologize. And then Denzel Burke, the corner. So they got guys at you know, really each level of the defense. And then on special teams, special teams coordinator Parker Fleming has done a nice job. Um, You know, they play a ton of guys, you know, starters on special teams. Uh, They always have. And if you look, their punter is an Australian punter, does a really good job. That's something we're going to have to be prepared for is the variety of kicks um, that a lot of these Australian punters are able to do in terms of spreading the ball all over the field. And then their pump returner, uh, Emeka Ibuku, again, who we mentioned earlier. So, uh, a lot of information, a lot, a lot of things that we need to get worked on. Obviously, today's our, our first real day uh, of practice. We did have Sunday. Um, Monday's our off day from a planning perspective, and then today. So we'll, we'll have a better idea later in the week. But that's that's a start. So open up the questions.
3: Rich Garcella, Reading Eagle, and then Mark Rich.
0: Afternoon, James. How are you?
2: Good, Rich. How are you, man?
0: I'm good, thanks. What did you see from your team during practice last week and can a performance like Saturday's build momentum going into a week like this?
2: Yeah, I think so and it it needs to, right? You know, uh we're pl- we're playing a really good opponent um at home. Uh we did some some really good things to build on last week that we should should have confidence from and momentum from and and we need to build on it. We need to get better, you know, today in practice. We need to get better all week in terms of our preparation and how we practice and how we coach. And then the same thing, you know, with with the game on Saturday. We we got up. We're going to have to play better uh, this Saturday than we did than we did this past week. So, um, yeah, I think it, there's a there's a ton of stuff to build on from last week. Um, there's a bunch of stuff watching that tape to be excited about and to show the team, and we got to build on it for sure.
3: Mark Wagonrich, all Penn State, and Frank Bodani.
2: Hi, James. How are you? Good. How are you, Mark? Good, thanks.
0: Um, 2018, after that 2018 Ohio State game, you outlined the steps that Penn State had to take to become elite. Where are you on that timeline right now?
2: Yeah, you know, I think obviously – a lot of things have changed uh, since then. You know, I think obviously, we talked a lot this off season about um, you know, new president um, and Dr. Bendapudi and uh, new athletic director and, and Pat Kraft. Um, that that factors into all of this. There, there's no doubt about it. I think there's things within our program. Um, that you look at, whether it's from a development standpoint, whether it's a facility standpoint, uh, whether it's a nutrition standpoint, um, whether it's recruiting, uh, all the things that you talk about in terms of building a program. I think some areas, you know, we have made significant progress in and others uh, we, we still have work to do. Um, so. I think in, in a lot of ways, we've, uh, we've taken some steps in the right direction, uh, but there's still some areas that, that we need to get resolved. And, um, you know, that's, that's why you know, I think, you know, I've, I've voiced this over and over again, um, the excitement I have for um, the leadership that we have uh, in those two positions. And that's with total respect and appreciation for the past as well.
3: Frank in New York Daily Record and Mike Gross.
0: Hey, good afternoon, James. Good. How are you? Real good. Um, could you evaluate your pass rush so far overall? Is, are you coming up short at all in any part of that? And if so, how do you think that can uh get better as we go here?
2: Yeah, I think I think it really kind of depends. I think you know things can can skew that, or if you're just looking at stats and not necessarily you know, basing it off of, of off the film, I think things can skew that. If you're playing a team that's going to run the ball 90 percent of the time, um, and how they are built and how they are wired, um, you know, that's going to impact your stats. You play somebody who's going to throw it every single down; that that's going to impact your stats as well. So, um, I think overall, I think our ability to affect the quarterback, um, you know, whether it's through sacks, pressures, or tight coverage has been good. I think um, you look at our completion percentage against our defense, that is not just because of our defensive backs. That's also because of pressure and, and making the quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket. So would we like more flat out sacks? Yes. Would we like more tackles for a loss? Yes, but overall, I think when you evaluate the the whole picture, uh, pretty good.
3: Mike Gross, Lancaster Newspapers, and then Donnie Collins.
4: Good afternoon, James.
0: How are you? Good, Mike. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks. Um, <clears throat> when you mentioned that Sean was the uh, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, then there was sort of a long pause there, and I, 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 I think if that
2: you know, may I think that may have just been your Wi-Fi. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. All right. Is this, the the backup quarterback is always popular with the fans. You know, that's sort of a football cliche. Is there anything about this situation that's a little different to the fans? Some reason, this is unique to Penn State, why they maybe don't appreciate Sean as much as you do?
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm spending my energy, all of my energy on getting ready to, to play a really good Ohio State team. I'm pouring all my energy into loving and supporting um, my players and staff um, and focusing on things that I can control and, and impact. Um, that's where all my energy I- is focused on, is, is supporting my staff, supporting and loving the players, um, and focusing on getting ready for a really good o- Ohio State team on offense, defense, and special teams and, and those other things. Um, I'm not spending any time on uh, because, to be honest with you, unless, unless you have something for me or somebody else, I don't see how I can I can impact that.
3: Donnie Collins, Scranton Times-Tribune, then Corey Geiger.
2: Peter doing, James. Hey, Donnie, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, Parker. What after does your shirt game, say?
0: It's, uh, the blues. Oh, the blues. Yeah, I got it. in English. Um, Parker said after the game that, that you guys that that, that that he felt that the offense runs its best when it's when it's in its tempo when, it, when it's doing when it's doing good work in the tempo offense. And I was wondering, what, what are some of the things that kind of lead to that for you guys, lead to you kind of having success there, some of the outside ingredients outside of just getting the play in fast and snapping it quickly?
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, when we're in a rhythm, whether it's in games or whether we're in a rhythm in practice going against our defense, um, we've had a ton of conversation about that and and specifically... Uh, with Sean and, and the receivers about it. You know, they, they, they feel strongly about that. But there's also a fine line, right? If you, if you go fast and, and you go three and out, then it puts your defense in a more challenging you know, position as well. So there's a balance of that. I thought one of the things that we did best on Saturday was just mixing, mixing tempo, mixing cadence, Um, you know, mixing scheme, whether it's move the pocket, whether it's run, whether it's play action pass, whether it's misdirection, um, you know, whether it's, you know, trick plays. I thought we had a really good mix of of keeping them kind of off balance and uncomfortable. And the funny thing is, you know, what I try to say all the time is, you know, Say, say you tweak a run scheme, a counter, or say you, you, you run a reverse. We ran a reverse and we got six yards. But to me, there's a lot more impact than just the six yards. It's like if you run a reverse, people aren't happy with a six-yard play because you, you're thinking you're running a reverse for, for an explosive play. Um, but six yards is a, is a pretty good average. But the other thing it does, it just it gives the coordinator – something to be concerned about and it gives the defenders specifically the linebackers and when you're playing a team like Minnesota who they're a quarters team and the safeties are really involved in the run support it gives those guys pause whether it's reverses play action pass so now when you go back to your normal runs they're not fitting it the same way, um, with the same confidence and and speed as they would without those plays being run. So I think there's there's a you know there's a ton of value in that, and to me, that's what we did best on Saturday, and we need to continue to do.
3: Corey, Corey Geiger, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and then Johnny McGonigal.
0: Uh James, this is kind of a, a long-winded question about roster construction. Hi, Corey. Um, well, hi, how are you? Good. You've always competed well against Ohio State, um, and they're kind of the team at the top. So you, you've got to do things to compete well against them. You'd said earlier, if you play a team that runs ninety percent, stats will be different. I'm just curious, how much concerted effort over the years has been? Hey, we got to do what Ohio State does. We got to be able to stop it. But then, if you play other teams, you know, maybe like a Michigan that runs more, is your roster always set up? for every other kind of team. How difficult is that when you're constructing a roster?
2: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair question. Um, and I think that's one of the things that maybe frustrates people. And I'm not talking specific to Penn State. I'm saying in general there are certain weeks where you you feel like you match up better, whether it's scheme or there's certain weeks whether you match up, uh, whether it's personnel better than other weeks um there's no doubt about that you know you may have an injury at a position or two and that that position is where their strength is Uh, there's a lot of things that that factor into it um but to your point
0: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW Void work prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: That's that's the challenge, right? You gotta be able to um, you know, you got to be able to feel like you can line up and match up from a from a skill and athleticism perspective with an Ohio State one week, and then say you make it to the Big Ten Championship like we did and you play Wisconsin, that's a very different animal that that you're getting ready for, and you have to either have the depth and the diversity within your personnel to do it. I think you guys remember... You know, in the past, we would have Kevin Givens playing D-tackle, and then we may play Wisconsin or someone like that and play Kevin that week at defensive end to get bigger, you know, to get bigger. Um, so either having the personnel to to be able to make some moves like that um, or obviously some scheme things that you're going to have to do different to put your players in the best position to be successful. No different than these teams that, that – um, play from a 4 5 shell. They're playing with a nickel almost predominantly on the field, and then you go play, you know, a team that's going to try to play smash-mouth football, and, and you've never played with the three-linebacker on the field. Like, like I know that was a big discussion Saturday as we had those three linebackers on the field. Well, that made a ton of sense against Minnesota and what they do. So I think your point is a really good one, and that's, that's one of the – Complexities or the subtle things that's 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 challenging, especially in a conference like the Big Ten, where maybe I have a little bit maybe more diversity um, in how people are built throughout our conference, where a lot of conferences, you know, pretty much everybody's running a similar style throughout the entire conference. So I think that's that's a good question, and I think it's it's a fair one, um, and that's. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to build a team that that can do both, which, which is easier said than done.
3: Johnny McGonagall, pen live. Then we'll come here in the room.
0: Hey, James. How are
2: you? Good, John. How are you, man?
0: Good, good. You know, given what you have with Joey, Kalen, you know, Johnny, everyone in that secondary, is this the most confident you felt in a secondary going into a matchup with Ohio State? You know, who you know historically in your tenure has had really good quarterbacks and wide receivers and, and a good passing game.
2: Yeah, um, I'm not sure about that because I hadn't really kind of thought about it. But I think your point is is that you know maybe you could make the argument the strength of our defense you know is is in the secondary. If you were ranking you know kind of all three levels, um, that's that's a strength of ours for sure. We have a lot of confidence in those guys, and we're going to need it. But I also know that these guys uh, are talented enough up front and at tight end and at running back that. You know, if you, if you put too much of an emphasis on that, they can beat you the other way too, by, by running the ball. So um, they do a good job of being balanced. I think at the end of the day, you know, their trigger man, you know, is what, what makes them go, you know. Um, he's the one that distributes the ball to all those different playmakers and, and does a really good job doing it. Um, he throws on the run as well as he throws from the pocket, which is which is somewhat unusual. You know, again, you know, he's leading the Heisman race for a reason. So talented guy that we got We got a ton of respect for
1: Mark. Hey, James. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Uh, a couple uh year and a half ago, not even when uh, Katron and Nick committed uh, to Penn State. You guys had a loaded running back room with guys who had significant uh, uh, eligibility remaining. Uh, what did it say about them to be willing to join that room? And how fortunate do you feel now that you took two kids when you look out in the game last week and they're your only two healthy scholarship running backs? Thanks.
2: Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, that's that's really how, you know, we want to be at every position. We want to not only have the depth and talent um, to compete week in and week out, but we also want to recruit guys that that aren't scared you know, based on the room that they're coming into, that they're choosing Penn State because of the academics and and the campus and the environment and the culture, and and they say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to Penn State and I'm gonna compete, and if if I plan on playing at the next level, you know, that's gonna prepare me for that and get get me used to that. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was a factor for sure. Um, I loved how those guys approached it. It never really you know, impacted them. But to be honest with you, the schools that they were being recruited by, it was pretty much similar at all those places. So that, that kind of takes it out of the equation uh, for the most part.
0: In the back end. Coach, you kind of already touched a little bit on this when Abdul starting uh, on Saturday. Is that a lineup that you, you think is more long-term legs or is this continue to be a week-to-week decision?
2: Yeah, uh, to, to your point, I think I, I kind of said that. It, it really depends on, on who you play. If you look around college football and the NFL, most people are not playing with three linebackers on the field because they're in 10 or 11 personnel. And now, okay, it's great to have a linebacker that's really good at stopping the run, but now he's not being asked to stop the run. He's being asked to cover Parker Washington out in space. So um, it's all based on you know, what we need to do to not only get our best players on the field, but also our best players in the field based on the matchup and the scheme and the personnel that we're playing.
1: Tyler?
0: James, you needed to do some mixing and matching on the offensive line on Saturday with some guys coming to the sidelines,
1: some guys not available. I'm curious what you felt you learned about that unit over the course of those four quarters, and specifically a couple guys who had to step up in Vega uh, and then Bryce.
2: Yeah, Bryce. I think you guys know we love Bryce. We view Bryce as a starter for us. Um, he's getting really starter reps. If you if you look at it between him and and the guys that that are that are playing on Saturday, he's getting starter type reps. So we're we're very impressed with him. And he's playing both tackle and guard at a high level. And then also when we get into the heavy sets, he's able to get in there at tight end. So he's doing a lot of things and doing a lot of things well for us um you know vega obviously that that situation um that's not something that probably we anticipated going into the game but it, but it played out that way he's a guy that we got um there's a lot of excitement in our building about he's got a awesome way about him he's just he's always got a smile on his face i had a meeting a freshman check-in meeting with all the offensive players yesterday in my office and You know, he was walking out and kind of dapped me up on the way out and was just talking about how awesome Saturday was. He's just one of those kids. He's super appreciative of being at Penn State. Um, He's very coachable, uh, powerful, strong, athletic. We think he's got a really bright future. We'd like to try to redshirt him if we can, but we may not be able to. Um, And he's also, again – you know, you don't say this very often, but he's strong, powerful, and he's extremely light on his feet. And he's three hundred and forty pounds, and looks like he's three fifteen. You know, and and those guys, you know, those guys, um, I think, are are really important to have up front with some of the matchups that we have. Back to kind of some of the questions I've gotten. You know, you, you play a team that's maybe undersized and athletic compared to a, a team that's massive, um, you know, having those interchangeable parts are important and having somebody with that type of girth and intelligence and power to match up inside uh, is, is, is really valuable. And, and, you know, he's one of these guys, he's not trying to be 340. You know, he's just naturally that, that's kind of who he is. Um, and and I think we've all seen over the years the guys that are you know, trying to be something that really their genetics tell them they're not supposed to be. Either they're trying to stay smaller and their body's trying to get bigger, and they don't want to embrace that or vice versa.
0: Obviously, you don't want to have turnovers in any game. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Obviously, you don't want to have turnovers in any game, but – uh, Ohio State had six turnovers last week. They capitalized on, and then last year you guys had that scoop and score. You lost to them. So, in game, big games like this, how much more important is avoiding turnovers?
2: No, I think I think turnovers are important every single week. It's it's one of the most important stats in football. That that and explosive plays. I think to your point, you know, obviously the the bigger the game, that you know people you know talk about, the bigger the game then those stats are magnified. Explosive plays are magnified. Turnovers are magnified because the margin of error is smaller uh, in in those types of games. So um, it's always important, but, but obviously it's magnified in games like this. Hey, James, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing good. Uh, You talked a little bit about roster construction and everything. How much value
1: added is a defensive coordinator like Manny Diaz in a matchup Mm -hmm. like this where you're going to be aggressive, you're going to be chasing the ball, and it's just going to be available more because it's going to be in the air more?
2: Yeah. um, I'm I'm not sure if I'm – I want to make sure I'm understanding where you're you're coming from with this question.
1: Yeah, just sort of what is the value added of his mentality, like the the aggressiveness and attacking the ball, trying to force more turnovers – rather than maybe sitting back, playing coverage, being comfortable sort of in a a complacent situation?
2: Yeah, I I guess I don't view it the way you're communicating it. I mean, you look at Iowa, you could say Iowa is a team that plays the way you just described, and and they've played as good a football as anybody in the country and created as many turnovers as anybody in the country. Um, So it really just... Kind of depends on on your style and 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 what you like, um, in terms of, of how it is built and and how it is called. Um, but to your point, obviously we're we're challenging um, routes more. You know, in terms of the balls that are you know getting broken up. Um, hopefully forcing the quarterback to hold on to the ball longer so in theory we should we should be able to be more disruptive on the quarterback with sacks and pressures and things like that um, so it really just depends I think there's a lot of ways to to do it uh, there's a lot of ways to be successful whether it's on offense defense or special teams um, you know we've done it both ways and and been successful both ways so so you can make arguments but it really just comes down to you know probably preference. Um, I prefer, I, I prefer good defense and good offense and good special teams. And however you get to it, um, you get to it. And that could be based on the coordinator's approach and mentality. It also has to factor in your personnel um, because there may be a year that our personnel is more suited for this or for that. And you have to be able to you know, have some flexibility within your system to tweak it. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, what's great is is the way Manny wants to play, um and the way we wanna play really matches up with with our personnel, um, you know, right now. So that that helps. Ben. Hey James, how's it going? Hi ben good, how are you? I've never seen you from this side of the room before, so I just wanted <clears throat> to usually over yeah, there, right? I wanted
1: to try something different. Sean was talking this morning about how weeks like this are the sorts of things that can change your season. And and as much as we want to know everything every week, there's an inevitability that we all understand that. How do you reconcile the emotions of benchmarking games with the success you can have the rest of the season around them and sort of, on the one hand, if I look at your schedule, I go, there are a lot of wins still to be had. If someone else who's being more critical of it says, well, maybe they don't beat Michigan and who knows what happens this weekend, how do you kind of balance the emotions internally that come with those two different kinds of games?
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of where our process, you know, we lean into so much because that that's the challenge, right? Everybody's being told from every different source, whether it's friends or family members or social media or Sending the players into a press conference, the type of questions they get, they're constantly being told, um, whether it's directly or indirectly, um, what's a big game, what's not, what's a good win, what's not. um, And we just try to avoid that as as much as we possibly can and stay consistent with how we go about things um, because because that – that That can have a huge impact that can have a huge impact on you making certain games too big based on what you're being told um, or overlooking someone else. so you know we just try to lean into that process as much as we possibly can now that doesn't mean what's like we're putting our head in the sand and we don't recognize like we recognize the players recognize we, we talk about it they, they they know what it is. Um, so it's not like, you know, it's not like we're sitting here trying to um it's not like we're trying to like deceive them like, you know, try to send them on a path that is not as real and accurate. Okay, let's recognize what it is and then let's get back to our process and what we need to do to be to be successful. Um and over my time um you know, both as a player and and as a uh, assistant um, and as a coordinator as a head coach I feel like that's that's been the the best process and I think it's magnified um, I think we've talked about this before I think it's magnified in today's college football um, specifically the way the playoffs are structured um, and at a place like Penn State uh, it's 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 different so um, those things I think are really important Bob Hey, James, how hey. are you? Good, Bob. How are you, man? I'm good. You had, you referenced C.J. Stroud as
0: the
1: trigger man of the offense, obviously, and he's you know, 70% completion, arm strength, all that stuff, release. How challenging on the practice field this week will it be to try and even replicate for your secondary and your linebackers what he can do just to kind of get
0: them up to speed, what to expect on Saturday night?
2: Yeah, I don't think you really can. I mean, you know, obviously, we do that. Like when we build the scout teams each week, you're literally saying, okay, this guy should play him and this guy should play him. But, um, you know, there's not too many people in the country, you know, that, that have a quarterback like that, let alone a quarterback like that on the scout team. So, um, so that's, that's, that's hard to pull off. And that's where trying to replicate it as much as you possibly can in practice, but then also doing some of the good on good work every single day so they are getting the speed of it, Um, that's helpful too. But, you know, there's no way to completely, you know, replicate it, um, you know, week in and week out. T. Frank. Hey, James, over here. Hey, T.
1: I want to get your opinion on the phrase establish the run. It is
0: a, you know, it's been in football for as long as football's been around. Analytics have challenged the notion of that. Um, And I just wanted to get your idea of maybe where you started and if if your thoughts on that have changed over time.
2: Well, I don't know if I've ever kind of approached it or looked at it as established the run. I've always believed, and I think I've said this in here multiple times too, in in balance. But then I've also kind of... Describe balance differently than maybe a lot of people do and balance doesn't mean you're going to run the ball 50% of the time and throw the ball 50% of the times. It means you have the ability to um, in most situations be able to run or pass um, You know effectively that's to me the important thing Um, And then that puts you in position to set up uh, Set up the play action passes and things like that so um, I've never really talked about kind of that as being a philosophy of ours. It's been more about uh, having having enough balance and having enough diversity within our offense that we can do either um, and be able to um, play a style that we have to with whatever the game dictates to win. There's been years where we've been really explosive, but we couldn't run – the ball when we needed to in four-minute offense. And that that's the hard part, right? You know, the the the, the best ones, the, the elite ones, are able to do all of it. They're able to run when everybody in the stadium knows you, you're, you're going to run, um, and be able to throw when you need to throw to win. So that's, that's kind of how I've always looked at it more than necessarily establishing.
3: Last two questions, Neil and then Audrey.
5: Neil. Hey,
2: James. Hey, buddy. Uh, I know I have tunnel vision, but um, d- did you see the
5: comment that, or hear about the comment that Harbaugh made yesterday about you, and do you have any reaction to it?
2: No, I don't. Audrey? No, nope, I don't know. Uh, Ohio State.
4: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Guess that was it, Neil. That was it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, I wanted to go back to
3: what Mark asked you about. In that, the, just
2: so you know, I, I was saying, no, I don't have a comment. To the 365-day-a-year the competition. And you'd said the comment in the offseason that, the more yeses you get in those things, the more you tend to see it on Saturdays. The more, yeah, the more wins is probably yeah. a better way to say it. Yeah, and um, when you kind of look at that, if you had a, a wish list of things that you would want, to what's at the top of that list in terms of facilities right now? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about. I think you guys asked me some of these things last week as well. I think Ben may have asked me something similar. I said I'm more than happy to talk about you know those th- things in the offseason. Um, most of them, you know, I mean, you, you've you've heard them, you've heard them en- enough, and you've heard them before. But again, you know, right now that that does not help us or help uh, our players. Um, you know, beat Ohio State on Saturday. That's we're not we're not going to solve those problems before Saturday. So, thank you, Coach. Thanks.
5: Yeah, thanks for coming uh, during our bye week. Appreciate you guys' uh, your interest. Um, the Northwestern game, uh, you know, having a chance to review it. Again, we, 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 we come in and we've got a lot of guys missing, but we saw some young guys step up uh, really big for us. Um, guys like Roman Hemby, uh, who really helped take some pressure off our young quarterback, uh, Billy Edwards. Um, you saw guys like Cam- uh, Caleb Wheatland coming in. Uh, not having Jay Sean Barham and really taking some meaningful reps. Uh, a hard-fought game like we, we thought it would be. Um, you know, we're 6-2 and two but still aren't playing our best football. And to me, that's kind of the encouraging thing for us, is that to be 6-2 and two at the kind of the midway point for us now, uh, we've been going 12 straight weeks, you know, four weeks of camp, um, eight straight games. And, you know, this, this bye week couldn't have come at a better time for us. In an, in an opportunity to get healthy and get some guys back, which we feel we'll be able to do um, this, the next couple of weeks. Um, I feel like we've got a really hungry group of guys that are excited about bowl eligibility, but understand that this is kind of our standard and that I know they'd like to have a lot more than just become a bowl-eligible team, and uh, that's what will drive us as we work this week. Uh, we'll have three days on the field. We're starting today where we'll do a lot of fundamental work We'll get a lot of young players uh, the developmental work necessary to help continue their, uh, their, their, their growing in our program. And then, uh, still a couple of days to work on Wisconsin to get a jump start there. Um, they're also in the bye week as well, so there won't be much new video for us to evaluate come Sunday. And then, uh, give those guys Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, which will give them a total of about five days away from football. And uh, get back in here next Monday. Uh, on back on our regular normal weekday schedule uh, to pre- prepare to go up to Madison for a great opportunity. Um, with that, I open up for questions. Mike, going into the bye week, being all, bowl eligible, I assume that there's it, this is gonna
0: this weekend. You guys are gonna have a lot more opportunity to recruit and bring players in and stuff like
2: that. What does being bowl eligible, entering the bye, do as far as boosting recruiting?
5: Um, I mean, the recruiting piece, we've seen it continue to get better with each week. Um, you know, I'm well aware that in this area, have, when we generate the mo- the momentum that shows the trajectory of where our program is headed, that's really what a lot of the guys in this area want to see. They want to see is Maryland football real? Um, you know, as we've painted the vision of where we want to go, I think they're seeing us on track with the vision that we've been able to go out and and, and and show recruits um you know this this opportunity does give us a chance It'll be my first time going on the road this uh season I'll get a chance to go out um and and, and hit a couple places on Friday um and then get back here and, and get back to work so um winning bowl eligibility definitely are are huge factors in recruiting but we know it's not the end all be all for us but it's definitely uh it's got us in their the minds of some of the top guys in this area, at least,
0: Coach. Now that you are bowl eligible, you know, at the bye week, is there a point where you can kind of reset expectations with these four regular season games left, and then knowing you have that fifth game as well?
5: I think the big thing for us is to, to stay right on course with our. I mean, we treat every week as an individual season. Um, <laughs> You know, what we'll do with the the bye week this week is really go back to the fundamentals of the game. And to me, that's when you get better fundamentally individually, you get better as a team. And so we'll really take that approach, kind of how we did going into the bowl game a year ago, that let's work on doing the fundamental things better. um, And and we'll get into the scheme stuff. We'll obviously steal a few, uh, few days on Wisconsin to get us a jump start. But, you know, I think, you know, for us, it's just the next game. Um, for us, it's, which we don't have one this week, but we'll put all of our attention into Wisconsin, and we'll just focus on that. And everything else usually takes care of itself when you just win Monday through Friday.
4: Uh, hey, Coach. At this point in the season, I, I want to ask you: What are do you see any like? What type of improvements have you seen in Tiliatangavaloa's game compared to last year? Like, what are some things you
0: felt, you feel like he has improved on this year?
5: I mean, I think, and I've said this before, it's the emotional maturity that he's shown. Um, You know, he'll be the first to tell you that he's a perfectionist in how he likes to approach it. And when things don't go his way, um, sometimes he can let a bad play linger. And I think he's really embraced getting back to neutral as quickly as he possibly can. Obviously, with the help of of all of us, we we all work to try to get back to neutral. When something good happens, we want to keep playing. When something bad happens, we want to just keep focused and keep playing and not dwell on it, and I've seen him do that a little better this year. And I
4: want to ask, Dante Trader and Bo Bray came into the season. They had to step into some major roles at the safety spot. How do you think they've handled that at this point?
5: Yeah, I think both those guys have done a tremendous job, at least from a – the, the leadership that comes with playing that position, you know, the safety position is kind of the quarterback of the defense. I always talk about being strong right up the middle of your team, the center, the, the quarterback, the Mike linebacker, the free safety. And both those guys have displayed, you know, tremendous leadership at a young age. Uh, they've done a really good job in the communication piece. We haven't had as many of the, the big plays that happen when everybody's not on the same page on the back end. Which is a testament to those guys and the way they prepare and the way they take the coaching. So, really proud of the effort. Um, They'll be the first to tell you, though, there's still a lot of things to improve upon. And to me, that's if there's anything that comes out of the messaging is that, you know, we're six and two and we're not playing our best. And just imagine if we can get some things cleaned up and and, and really, you know, finish this thing the right way. Hey, coach, at the beginning of the season, you called the offensive line the most improved
0: unit on the team. How do you think that's played out? Um, and then also um, last game against uh, Northwestern, Mason Lunsford wasn't on the field for a lot of those opening series. Can you go talk about what went into that decision?
5: Um, yeah, the, the O-line is our most improved unit. Uh, I think anybody that has watched us play this year has seen the development of the run game. And it's been needed. Um, obviously, with Leah going down, uh, to take pressure off of a young quarterback running the ball is something you want to be able to do. Uh, to create balance in how people defend you, uh, you have to show that you can do the things that you don't you hadn't done maybe well before and so those guys and, and the experience they've gained over the last few years of being in the system um, you're starting to see the see it come to fruition In that when we needed to we were tied and we needed to take the lead we run a basic dual play which is a downhill run where we double team people and it goes for 75 um, A one play drive shows the confidence we have in our guys up front i think they're getting more and more confident and it helps our team create the balance, as well as show the necessary toughness to play in the Big Ten. Because you're still winning the Big Ten in the trenches. And I think we've finally gotten to the point where our guys have developed the experience and then the, the, the mental and physical toughness to be give us a chance to have success.
2: Hey, Coach. Uh,
0: does it mean anything extra to you seeing your team clinch bowl eligibility on a day when you had a lot of adversity to overcome in terms of injuries?
5: You know, the bowl eligibility is the byproduct of what we do on the field. And so the thing I'm always a little happy about, which is why I was, you know, kind of disappointed in how I reacted to winning a few weeks ago, we played Indiana, is that, you know, winning is really hard. And, uh, you know, anytime you have a chance to win, and this team has shown the, the ability to to fight through adversity. I mean, we haven't had a league a lead in a game where we just felt comfortable. We haven't had one of those games where we can play a ton of players because things have just gone the way we scripted it to go. And to me, I think that shows tremendous character because this team has had to come from behind in a few games. They've had, they've been in some tough, hard four, fourth quarter battles, and those things are what kind of make you. And so I like that part of it more than I do. The fact that we're bowl eligible is that you're starting to see the fruits of, you know, the work we've put in to develop this type of culture really come to fruition.
0: I'm sure the bye week isn't necessarily a week off for you per se, but when Saturday comes around and you don't have a game, do you get an
5: opportunity to
0: watch the other games around the country? And if you do, how much of that is just from a fan's perspective and how much of it is from a coaching slash preparation perspective?
5: Yeah, you know, this weekend I actually uh, have a community service project where I'm doing a, a mental health seminar here on campus, Um, but I do enjoy watching football. The problem is, as a coach, you don't watch it for enjoyment. I look at formation, I look at the coverage, I say what play they run. It's hard to enjoy it and look at it like a fan because I'm constantly analyzing and trying to formulate ideas or thoughts of things that I saw that they did well. The timing of a play call, that was a great call at that time, Uh, storing it also I watch football probably a little different than the average fan, but it's what I enjoy doing.
2: On Saturday, uh, I saw the Jordan McNair family engaged with all the the fans coming in near near, near their foundation table up around Section 23. Can you, do you have any perspective on how uh, the Jordan family received the the honor on the field and whether or not that had a a positive feel for them?
5: You know, I haven't talked to Marty or Tanya about that. I have a close personal relationship, obviously, with the family. Um, I do know that for all of us, there are still players on this team that uh, we're here uh, doing Jordan McNair's passing, and so there's not a day that goes by that in our building we see, we see the Jordan McNair offensive line room um, that they don't think about him. Uh, I know as a parent that has lost a child, the tough how tough it is when these type of days or these type of events happen. Um, Marty and Tanya are warriors for the way they've embraced the adversity of what's happened to their son and paying it forward through the foundation. And to me, uh, that's the most rewarding piece is paying it forward. Mike, you addressed Talia's growth uh, earlier. Uh, I- any updates on his
0: health? And if you could walk us through the process between now and Wisconsin as far as his, you know, what you're going to look for.
5: Yeah, the expectation is he, he should be available to play in the Wisconsin game. Um, this week, it's a game time decision still. Uh, we expect him to participate in practices uh, as much as he can do. I mean, it's a day-to-day deal because it's about how his body feels. It's about the strengthening. He's done a ton of uh, re- rehab work last week. He'll get a ton of it this week uh, as well as next week. Um, and so for, for us, it's mostly trying to get him back into conditioning, uh, limiting how much we do with him early in the week, to see how his body continues to respond, but the expectation is that Leah should be back in as close to 100% like he was prior to the Indiana game.
0: And to follow up, last year, uh, heading into Halloween, you said that you might not answer the door with the three game losing streak. What sort of, asking for a friend, what sort of candy will be handed out at the Loxley house? Any king size Snickers?
5: Yeah, I mean, we live in a kind of a neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of kids, man. I mean, I. I so, what we're going to do is, we're throwing a Halloween party on the, the, this Wednesday at Jones Hill House for our players and then our kids on our staff, which, you know, this is a pretty fertile staff, it seems to be. We've got a lot of kids under the age of seven and just it continues to grow. Um, so, we'll, we'll probably do our Halloween party on Wednesday this week uh, because with the players being off the weekend, um, we're, we're trying to do it a little early. So, we'll celebrate it a little early. Um, what type of candy will I pass out? I mean, I, it's hard to get in through that gate sometimes, so I, and it's not a lot of kids in my neighborhood, so I'll try to pass it out mostly here at the football complex. What's your go-to candy part? Five week to get um, a little healthier,
4: you know, clean things up in all areas. You know, it's, it's a beneficial to have this week just because that – I hope it helps us down the stretch because we do. We got five games. Back to back, in a tough, physical Big Ten conference. So, my thing is talking to the team that we gotta we gotta match match our opponent physicality. And starting this week, with Illinois. Illinois, 17 ranked team, is a well deserved ranking. They have a really physical rushing game with uh, Chase Kitties. A really uh, Chase Brown he's a really good um, really good runner but they're really really good on defense. You know, They, they top in the country in, in every category. They have a really good scheme. They're well coached and they stick to their guns. So this week, you know, we, we're gonna need our fans on this one. We're gonna need our fans to be loud and help us out a little bit. Questions? Mickey, can,
0: can you give an update on uh, Nick
4: Henry? Nick's, Nick's gonna be out. Nick's gonna be out. Is he out for the year? He's out for the year. What kind of, was it a knee, ankle, or what kind of injury? Um, knee, yeah. knee.
0: With injuries, real quick too. Will you get a Brock Bando back? In
4: Kevin Williams situation. I know it's time. But Kevin's to rehabbing right. right now, and so is Bando, but Bando's closer than Kevin. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. Uh, you, can't, you were going into the bye off of a you know, lost Oklahoma, and now you're coming in off two good performances and almost winning on the road in the Big Ten. I mean, did it feel different? Did it change how you guys kind of worked during the bye now that you're finding the success?
4: Well, we, we had to get him healthy. We had we had to get him some rest. I understand what Casey said in his presser after the game. He needed some he needed to rest his body. So what we try to do is be smart with him, you know, during the bye week, you know, and get him out there, but also, you know, take the pads off and take the hitting off him. Okay, I'm done.
0: <laughs> what what makes their pass defense so good? Why are they so
4: Well, my my dad always says men and women lie, numbers don't. So, their numbers, their number prove that they they they're pretty good. They're top 5 in every category. And they're and it's, it's a really sound defense. They don't do much, but what they do, they do it very well. Very well. They do it good
0: they've got both sacks and they've intercepted I think 12 passes mm-hmm. which means they're kind of doing both things. That that can sometimes be rare. Is there something that they're doing well to get to get all the interceptions?
4: Well, like I said, they don't do much. So they they go, you know, you got this man and you're going to be over this center and, and let's play football. And it, it's like it's it's simple, but like I said, they do it well and they, and they well coach with their technique. So they play, their they technique is really good.
1: After the game
0: that Trey put on film, I mean, how much are you expecting teams to really go out of their way to make sure that doesn't happen? <clears throat> How do you combat that um, with some extra time to think about
4: it? Well, you know, we, we if, you, if you look at it, you know, he had a really good game. But you would think that Illinois is going to, they're going to do what they do. And they play man coverage and they might try to bracket him, but I'm sure he's going to get more attention for the game that he had.
0: Blocking in front of him, and just sort of how those games have played out, or what? What do you feel about Anthony, and kind of getting him going down the street? Well, we got
4: to get him going. We we got to do a better job up front, you know, blocking and and finding plays that that we're comfortable blocking and finding plays that he's comfortable running. So we got to do a better job as a coaching staff to get that done. And we worked on that. The coordinator stayed in this week off the road from recruiting, so they worked they worked on that. So maybe we can get this thing going this week. We got to get him going. You're right.
0: You feel about the offensive line after the bye week? Did they get a chance to regroup a little bit? And are you feeling a little better about them?
4: Well, we beat up. You know, we beat up up front. You know, we beat up. We down a couple of starters, but I feel good about them. I feel good about the bye week they had, and I felt felt good about their practice this morning. So they still giving us really good effort, and they really um, practiced them really hard.
0: Mikey, what's the opportunity for some of your other receiving options um, to exploit exploit that? Um, situation if, if
4: opponents do start paying extra attention to what Trey does. Well it's probably a situation where I went through at LSU. You know, you know, about the fourth game of the season, they started doubling Jefferson and then Chase went off. Then Terrence Marshall went off, then Clyde Alair went off. So we're gonna have options if they take Trey away. If they try to take Trey away, it's nothing we can do about it. But the other guys know they got to play football if that happens.
0: Hey, Nick, you say off. Illinois does a good job of sticking to its guns. If you make that a Nebraska discussion, what's that mean? If you're sticking to your guns, what's that mean?
4: Well, we we got to we got to try to score points. We got to try to score points fast. I know everybody want to talk about the time of possession, but the, the offense scored 37 points, and I can't go to the offense and say don't score in a minute. You know, I, I gotta I gotta let them score. You know, and the defense understands that. You know, so the time possession was a little off. But I think sticking to our guys, do what we do. You know, we, we want to throw the football. We want to throw the football, but we got to get Anthony going this week. We got to get him going. We got to get a running game going this week.
0: What was the, the week like for you guys are recruiting and getting out there? And I made a lot of offers. You just talk about sort of where that's going and, and your staff just continually hitting it, uh, even in the situation.
4: Well, where? like I said before, you know, when, when I first took this thing over, is that we're going to do things the right way. We're not, we're not going to sabotage the program. We're going to go out and work like we're going to be here. So we we sent our coaches out and things in California, and Massachusetts, you know, they, I was in Atlanta. I was in Arizona, um, fishers in Florida, Dallas. So we went out, we went out, we went out as a staff. We kept the coordinators in, you know, the offensive defense coordinators in, but we're going to recruit and, you know, find, find um, the pieces that we need, you know, and so we're going to go heavy Juco when it comes to the offensive line, you know,
0: Angle B. You know with the portal era sometimes if people didn't know exactly what was going to happen with junior college recruiting But what how useful is that still an important to that part?
4: I think the juco part is it's really important because you're getting the kid coming out of system You get a kid coming out of portal. He's transferring for a reason juco kid You are him just like a high school kid, but a portal kid he tra- He's transferring He's a reason he's transferring so you got to do more homework on a portal kid then you have to do a juco kid. Juco kid, you can go to the coach and say, hey, you've been having it for two years. Tell me about it. But when a portal kid, now we got to go all the way back to high school to see what's the problem with this kid. Why is he transferring? Did
0: you get a chance to see Vance in, uh, in Arizona?
4: I did. I did. I had a chance to see Vance and listen to him by this two pick six. So He did a good job. He did a good job Thursday night. I told him he did.
0: How much have you relied on outside people like him, um, I don't know if you've talked to Coach O, but obviously he's been in this situation as an interim coach multiple times. Um, what kind of value do those two in particular um, have they had in, in these five or six weeks for you?
4: Coach O, you know, just speaking with Coach O, he always tells me just be myself. You know, make sure they get Mickey. And he knows there's nothing fake about me. I'm, I'm going to be Mickey. I'm not, you know, because at the end of the day, I can go back to Baton Rouge and that, that nice house in Baton Rouge and chill out. So I'm going to be Mickey. You know
0: you got Malachi Coleman this weekend.
4: I wasn't finished asking that question.
0: Okay. I, yeah, I
4: didn't know. I'm sorry. I'm just joking, <laughs> you was so uptight. But um, but no, you're right. We got Malachi. You know. Chance to talk to him. Yes. How'd
0: that conversation
4: go? Well, he said it six months ago. He wasn't coming here, so you put the pieces together.
0: Mickey, you know it's uh, a little bit of a five-week stretch here to end the season. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what are you looking for in terms of intensity from the team to get through that five-week well, stretch? A lot of energy,
4: but we need to execute. We need With, with this football team, this football team is a really good football team when we executed all three phases. So we're preaching to them that we need to execute. We need to execute the game plan.
0: How far away are you in, in terms of getting to the physicality you, would, you are looking for and has it gotten better? As no, it's Houston. gotten a lot better.
4: It's gotten a lot better. I mean, I, I like where they are right now. It's gotten a lot better for Illinois. Well, I mean, it's got to be up there, you know, because they're a physical football team, so we got to match their physicality. I
0: want to give you a chance to yeah. start.
4: Sure. you talk to Coach O, who else? Well, yeah, you know, Ogeron, he, he's, he was really good. And like you said, be yourself. And then, you know, with Vance, Vance gives you, you know, just the, the plugs of being a head coach because he was head coach in Denver and it didn't go so well for him. So some of the things that he said he should have done that, that I need to do. But I always said, he always says, do it your way. He said, "Because then you don't, you won't regret anything if you do it your way."
0: Is there something that, that you can share with us that he shared with you about something you would have done differently that you are doing? Differently?
4: Well, he he shared this, and I'll leave it like this. I'm not gonna make the decision if I get the job. I'm not gonna make the decision. You know, that's gonna be the administration that's gonna make the decision if I get the job or not. So I gotta just continue to get this team to get better every week and try to win football games. What,
0: what conversation? Maybe if you had the last couple of weeks with, with Trev, you know, in the bye
4: week or anything like that. Just just a normal meeting. You know, normal meeting on Sunday. You know, that's it. When you
0: think about the coach, the coach teams, what comes to mind first? I mean, are there any defining elements that are consistent over it?
4: Yeah, facing him when I was at LSU, he was at Arkansas. He's a very physical team. He wants to run the football. But he's physical across the board, offense and defense. He does a really good job with the defense and offensive line. He always had really good players in the offensive and defensive line. So you can see that now Illinois that they have really good players on both sides of the ball in the trenches.
1: A little bit, um, they, uh, you know, went to a little bit more of the single high stuff and um, and, and just made a few adjustments. And then it, it took a little, uh, a little time to figure out, but also when we started playing, you know, with the full field, you know, we kind of got in a rhythm too. So I think a little bit played into both of those things. Um, but they um, they still did a lot of their, their fundamental stuff that they do, but a few different looks. And um, and so, yeah, you know, we just tried to, you know, figure out where we could attack them and, and kind of made those adjustments. Yeah.
2: We'll go fourth row, up, uh, right, Tony Gerdman, Buckeye Huddle. Ryan, give me your offense. How often do you run into situations like that where – Everything you see from the defense uh, and scouting is here, and then what you see from them against you is here because with the Iowa stuff. And then you see Penn State give up 400 yards rushing a couple weeks ago. Is that even applicable to what you're going to see from them you know, this week?
1: I think every every week is a different season. I look at it like that. You know, you, you start from scratch, and you look at where you are. You look where your opponent is. Um, you look at the matchup personnel wise. You look at the matchup uh, schematically, and And then as you get, you know, later in the week, you start to figure out how it fits, what that matchup looks like. And then you do all that work. And then all of a sudden you get to the game and you may have to take a right-hand turn real fast because of a lot of reasons, you know, might be the conditions. It might be something that, um, you know, schematically shown up, uh, maybe an injury, you don't know. But, um, you know, every week is different and you try to do the best you can to identify where you think you can be the most successful week in and week out. and. Um, you know, you, you evaluate the film and try to figure out why somebody may have had success or not success. And um, you try to forecast the best you can. Can you spend
2: time thinking, what if they do something differently than what we've seen? Or do you just work on what you've seen?
1: No, uh, that's how I spend probably the, the 48 hours leading up to a game is exactly what you just said. And have a lot of sheets of contingency plans in place for what if. And um, we'd say sometimes you're chasing ghosts. But uh, I've been in games before where you know we we didn't chase those ghosts and we didn't have answers and that's not a good feeling. So it's our job as coaches to have answers and to put our players in best position to be successful. So um, that's our job.
2: Right next door, Cameron T. Robinson, the athletic. Ryan, when you're not run the ball as
4: well as you have been this season, how much harder does it make it being pushing in the red zone there? And do you feel like that was the main reason why you guys weren't as efficient to capture their.
1: I think it played a factor, yeah. We could have done a better job. A couple calls you'd like to have back, a couple plays we'd like to have back. We had the penalty down there that that hurt us. Um, You know, and just a few things in general. So, um, yeah, when when you have the balance and you're getting four and five on on a run as opposed to one, two, or three, yeah, it makes a big difference. Right
0: next door, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Kind of along the same lines, Ryan. But the offensive line, what did you see that you liked from them on Saturday, what you didn't like? It seems like that was the first time they kind of struggled to, to
1: get a push and the ball. Yep. Um, like you said, there was some good things there. There was some really good protection at times. It was a breakdown of protection. Um, we did some good things running the football. Uh, I thought we did a really good job on one play. We had a slip that could have turned into an explosive. Um, we had one that I thought the line did a good job of. We didn't do a good enough job of cracking the safety. Um, so you know, it was a little bit of everything. But um, but there was good, and there was bad, and the issues were there. But when you play against a better defense, those issues come to the surface more. So we'll keep pushing and, and keep trying to address those issues so that um, you know, we get better every week. i go deep left, Brendan Gulick, Buckeyes, now Sports Illustrated. Coach, I guess I want to ask you about the, the things that motivated you guys in the offseason. The, the idea that you're trying to be the tougher team, that you're trying to have that competitive
0: excellence. I know you use that term with us a lot, but h- how much do you find that that stuff is still part of your prep each week? Do you focus on any of that, or is the past so far behind you that you're just locked in where you are now? No, no,
1: it's it's a part of every week. Yeah, we, we hit on it every week. We'll hit it on again today. We'll hit it on this week. Uh, we know that we have to bring it every week, and um, you know we knew when we see the schedule going into – uh, State College is going to be a huge challenge. Always is, so um, you know our, our guys understand what a challenge this is going to be, and so we got to have a great week of preparation. And um, so, yeah, this is this is part of that competitive excellence, you know, and competitive stamina, bringing it every single week and going on the road and winning a game like this is going to be huge.
2: Uh, right in front of them, Jacob Bench, the Lantern. Uh,
0: there on Saturday against Iowa. Your defense really led the way there, just. Did you kind of notice just game planning last week, with Jim Knowles, and talk conversations that way, just for the defense to step up and have
1: the performance that did? Yeah, they they identified the areas where we felt like we had advantages and uh, were opportunistic early on. Uh, got our hands on balls, created turnovers, and uh, and then just kept the pressure on all day. Um, but you know, when you can start off the game with a with an interception like that, I know it really throws off the offense and can rattle the confidence, you know, just across the board. And, and it seemed like. Um, you know, we kind of uh, were attacking all day on defense, and when you can create that many turnovers, certainly your chances of winning go way up.
4: Second row left, Stephen Meats, Cleveland.com. Uh, Chip was at running back against Iowa on Saturday. What, what went into that decision, and is that something that's going to be more permanent, or just like a week by week basis?
1: Yeah, we um, we lost uh, TC. Um, you know, uh, for the year, so um, he, he won't be available if it's a long term issue. Um, and he had been doing some good things for us, and so we felt like um you know we needed to provide more depth at that position and and chip uh really had had come to us a couple weeks ago and just said hey listen if you need me anything on offense i'm here for you which is just the way he is he's an unbelievable person and great attitude so um you know we just felt like the time was right and you know so that means you know ea's got to do a good job of stepping up over there and and be the fourth linebacker for us and um you know we get Taraja back and so you know we, we felt like we had some depth over there at linebacker and and Chip could help us on offense, and certainly has experience of playing last year. So, um, you know, it's good to get him, get him out there, and uh, get him part of the unit because I think we're going to need him. Front row right,
0: Austin Ward, Rivals, ninety-seven point one, the
2: fan. Ryan, after the the pitch count for Jackson, I saw him just talking to Hartline, talking to you. Did he want to go back in on Saturday because of the way he came out? Like, it looked like he was trying to get back out. There. Yeah,
1: he's he's always been trying to get back out there. He's. Uh, He's, he's a competitor, and, and it's, it's been hard for him not to be out there more. But we wanted to make sure that um, you know, we kept that, that number to right about 20 and and make sure that we didn't put him out there anymore. I know you're not going to say too much about this, but it just looked like maybe they were evaluating him for something different than the hamstring. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what the weight looked to me. Is that sort of a yes or no there? Yeah, there was nothing else other than yeah, just the normal evaluations here. Yeah.
2: Coach, uh, noon kick at Happy Valley. Uh, Are you happy it's not a night game at Whiteout? And uh, just uh, overall impression of Penn State, uh, how good are these
1: guys? Yep. Um, Well, no matter when you go into Penn State, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, They do a great job with the atmosphere. Um, And our guys, um, you know, there's still a handful of guys that, um, you know, that went in 2018, uh, but not all of them so um you know we went in 2020 it was different you know there was covid but what uh, we know whether it's a night game afternoon game noon game um it, it's going to be a challenge the, you know their, their crowds going to be in it and they'll play a factor so um you know in they're a good team you can see what they did last week and see what they did um you know all season and really good coaches really good players veteran quarterback um so you know new scheme this year on defense um we play good on special teams so you know we got to play our a game
2: Sean Clifford, what's your take on
1: on him? Uh, played a lot of football, and and you know a lot of guys, um, you know, who play that much football, just they have so many snaps under their belt. They've uh, they've seen so many different things, and and um, you know that that makes them dangerous in and of itself. But but he's tough. Um, he's really good throwing the ball. He's accurate. He's uh, made a lot of plays in his career with his with his feet and with his arm, and and so um, you know anytime we play. Um, you know Penn State, and certainly with Clifford, we know that they're they're really good, and they can attack you a bunch of different ways.
0: Did You run across him in the recruit?
1: Oh, uh, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, very good player, a lot of respect. Uh,
0: Adam WVNS Ten TV. Stroud is obviously kind of judged almost against perfection a lot of the times, and when you look at him have a game where maybe things aren't going right in the first half, there, how much are you involved? How much do you say, hey, you know, work through that
1: yourself? No, uh, you know, it's it's you know a team effort and and you know it's it's a bunch of things that come into play and um it, it's never just one thing i mean there's there's a lot of things that we want to uh, clean up coming out of that first quarter especially and and then we did you know and that was good so um you know, we try not to to panic when things don't go exactly as planned because we know that um, that's not always the case you know i mean usually it's one of three things either you're going to go up early in a game it's going to be back and forth or you're going to go down in the game and based on how you play that's typically the outcome so how are you going to react to that and, you know, we were we were struggling a little bit, but we were getting field goals and defense was playing good and um, nobody panicked, you know, and, and we, we started solving the problems and got back into a rhythm there in the second half.
0: Mentally, do you ask him what he saw on that play, you know, it's interception or something, or do you just kind of assume he knows what's going on and,
1: and let him go back to the, the Um A little bit of both. You know, there's times where, you know, you want to get some feedback, but then also, you know, I think as the quarterback, I know when I played, you know, you don't want it a lot of noise in your head, you know, all that all that work on the front end is done so you can go play but then there's also times where you got to connect on some things but um you know i'm not one to, to flood the quarterback with a bunch of information in game i don't think that's a good idea um, let them go play trust their preparation and, and go from there
0: uh, Ann stitz wsys coach noah rebels picked up big 10 honors this week he opened the scoring for you guys on saturday how important was his performance and how does he help give you guys a leg up on
1: competition yeah well in that game, we kept the momentum going um, with those field goals and getting points on the board. And when you play against matchup uh, teams, you know, anytime you're trying to score points, it's it's going to be big. And um, it starts with the protection. You know, we certainly know um, you know what happened a few years ago there. You know, with the blocked field goal. So um, you know, the, all these little things add up in games, and, and certainly field goals matter. And um, you know, in this case, it's 12 points, and that's huge. You know, at the end of the day, so. Um, you know, we're going to need that more and more, and, and certainly as these games get closer, it's going to be important for them to play well. Far left,
3: Ryan McGee, ESPN.
1: Uh, Ryan, that wide receivers room fascinates me. Uh, what's it like in that room? Because it's a group of young professionals, and obviously Jackson hasn't been available, but, but what's that room like? What does it make them special? Yeah, I think there's some guys in that room that are very mature. Um, I think when you, when you just get around them, you realize for their age, um, they don't look like they're 18, 19, 20. Um, they don't talk like it. They don't act like it. They don't speak like it, uh, but they are. And uh, it's pretty uh, remarkable sometimes when you think about who they are as people and just the maturity level of all those guys in that room. I, I shouldn't say all of them. Some of them still have some work to do. But but I think it started back with Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell and Johnny Dixon. And, and they just brought this certain level of accountability um, to that room, and, and and then you know Chris Olave and guys picked it up over time, and now um, you know you're seeing you know Omeka and Marvin and Julian and um, you know really take it over and run, and they've they started and cut their teeth on special teams. They come in as freshmen, they put their work in, and then kind of show up and play in the second half of the season, and then by the time they get to that second year, they're ready to go, and that's kind of been the blueprint for them, and it's working. Uh, but I think you're seeing. Probably, you know, just ask, like, what makes them different is just how well-rounded they are. You know, they're they're physical. They're in the run game. They can carry the ball. They're involved, involved with special teams. They can make play underneath, run after catch, downfield. Pretty well-rounded. And, and obviously great people.
0: Uh, Fourth row middle. Pat Murphy, 24-7 Sports. Ryan, with the obvious caveat that we know how good CJ is, it seems looking back at some of his misses, interceptions, it's come when he's been off his spot, not able to set his feet, things like that, when you're a quarterback who maybe isn't a guy who's used to running like some of the guys you've had, how do you, how have